Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Casting Down Idols. This is a podcast where we talk about addiction and recovery from a biblical perspective. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Dixon. I've been clean and sober now for over 30 years, and you can too. The blessed hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ offers you the power you need to change, to be transformed forever. You do not have to stay the way that you are. And so I pray this podcast is a blessing to you. I pray it's an encouragement to you as you continue on this road called recovery. Listen and be blessed. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Pastor Mike Dixon. You heard the car flying by you just then. You know, people are in a hurry these days, aren't they? We just need to slow down. I heard a preacher say one time, we need to learn to live in the present, in God's presence. I love that because a lot of us get so busy in our hectic schedules that we're like a car on Interstate 95 just rushing by a full blast, blasting the horn. Don't waste the moment that God's giving you rushing by trying to get somewhere else. See God moving in your current situation. A lot of people can't wait to get the present in the past. I want to talk to you in today's episode about how you can go about getting the past in the past. This is actually week number 30 in our life curriculum. We've got a 40 lesson biblical curriculum that we use in the life program. By the way, check out the website at lifeaddictionrecovery.com. You can actually purchase a copy of this workbook right off of the home page on the website, lifeaddictionrecovery.com. The curriculum is entitled LIFE, that's L-I-F-E with a period after each one of those letters. It stands for Living in Freedom Every Day, Life Ministries, and you can purchase a copy there, lifeaddictionrecovery.com. We've currently got two life chapters that meet on a weekly basis in eastern North Carolina. One meets in Edgecombe, County in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. The other meets right here in Pitt County, where I live in Winterville, North Carolina. And those chapters meet every single week. We spend our time working through this 40-lesson biblical curriculum, helping one another renew our minds. It really takes us about a full year to go through the workbook together. But this is week number 30 in the book, Getting Past Your Past. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote as recorded in Philippians chapter 3 in verse 13. He said, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You know, the Apostle Paul in so many words there is saying, I'm not confessing that I'm perfectly where I need to be. He's saying, I'm not boasting and saying that I have arrived at my destination. But the Apostle Paul said, one thing I do know, but one thing I do know, Forgetting what lies behind. Paul saying, I have learned to put the past in the past. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, it doesn't matter what you was, it matters what you is. Don't allow your past to define who you are right now. And so I believe biblically, God's way, there's a way to get the past in the past. You know, a lot of psychotherapy today and secular counseling and secular therapy deals with going back in the past and reliving traumatic events in your past. I'm so thankful as a child of God, I don't have to go back and relive those things. 
and just go through them again. I'm thankful that God gives me healing. And let me go ahead and tell you, there's great healing in confession in talking about those things that you've shoved, shoved down into the darkest corners of your heart. And you hope that nobody will ever know about it. You hope nobody ever find out what you went through or what happened to you. As a born again believer, I'm telling you, there's great power, great healing to be found in confession, in talking about those things. And so maybe in your life, as we get going with this episode today, maybe there's some things in your past that you've never told anybody. Let me just tell you, based on the authority of God's word and based upon my experience, you need to find somebody that you can talk to, that you can confide in, and that you can talk about those things that you've never told a soul about. You need to get them out in the open. God can heal you. And you know what I found? God can use those things from your past to help other people. The Apostle Paul's saying in Philippians chapter 3, I've learned to put the past in the past, and I'm straining towards what lies ahead. And what lies ahead is his service to the Lord and living forever with the Lord. In Isaiah 43, uh, verses 18 and 19, it says, Remember not the former things, but consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I like that, man. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is able to do that. He can transform your past. He can take those traumatic things that have happened to you in the way that you've been sinned against. Maybe long ago, maybe it happened today, maybe it was yesterday, whatever it is, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Allow God in the power of the Holy Spirit to transform that thing, whatever it was, whatever pain was brought upon your life, to transform it into a tool that God can use to equip you to minister to those around you. I love the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. If you remember, Joseph was one of 12 sons given to Jacob. Jacob later would become known as Israel, and his 12 sons that God gave him would represent the 12 tribes of Israel through which God would bring about his chosen people. Well, Joseph was his daddy's favorite. You may remember the coat of many colors. Jacob gave Joseph that coat of many colors because Joseph was his daddy's favorite. And because of that, Joseph was the brunt of much hatred and much bitterness and much jealousy from his brothers. You can read about the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 all the way through about chapter 50. But all the stuff that Joseph had to overcome. Again, he was his, his father's favorite son. He was given the coat of many colors. Because of that, his brothers hated him. I mean, they despised him. His brothers attempted to get rid of him by uh, selling him to a caravan that was passing through on their way to Egypt. Joseph ended up on the auctioning block in Egypt. He was sold as a slave. And the second highest ranking uh, authority in the land, Potiphar, ended up purchasing Joseph to be his slave in his house. And while Joseph was serving as a slave in Potiphar's house in Egypt, Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of attempting to rape her. I mean, it's just one traumatic thing after another in Joseph's life. Joseph was thrown into prison, even though he was completely innocent. While he was in prison, he met Pharaoh's chief butler who was also doing time and the butler was getting ready to be released from prison. And so the butler promised Joseph, when I get out, I'll put in a good word for you. And guess what? When the butler was released, he forgot all about Joseph. He forgot to put in a good word for Joseph. And so Joseph was left rotting 
in prison. I mean, Joseph had a lot of junk that he had to deal with growing up. If anybody had reason to sit around and have a pity party and blame everybody else for his current situation, it would have been Joseph. But you know what Joseph did instead? He trusted God. Even in those hard times, even in those times that things were happening in Joseph's life that he didn't understand, he believed he had enough faith to understand God is the one who's able to bring beauty out of ashes. And I want you to trust God for those ashes in your life, those traumatic things in your life that God is able to take them and and turn them into something beautiful. What's happened in your past? I mean, what kind of junk has been thrown at you that the enemy wants to hold you back with? I remember when I was a little boy growing up in grade school and elementary school, I had a terrible speech impairment. You know, it's amazing who God calls to preach, isn't it? I mean, I had a terrible speech impairment. It was so bad that my own grandmother could not even understand me when I would go to her and try to talk to her about things. Uh, My parents put me in speech therapy when I was in elementary school. And so I was the brunt of many jokes by not just children, but adults as well. Uh, who would kind of pick at me and, and thought it was funny the way that I talked. And to compound things, as a little boy growing up, as a small child, I was sexually molested by an extended family member who has since died. Uh, but all that compounded and, and all that trauma in my life, the devil tried to use those things to destroy me. I accepted Christ as my Savior. Still, it was years later before I began to deal with those things that had happened to me, those things that I had shoved down deep inside in the darkness. But you know what I found out as a born-again believer, walking with the Lord several years before I came to this place, when I began to confess those terrible, painful events in my past in the context of, look what God's brought me out of, God used those times of confession to bring me complete healing and to give me strength that I needed to forgive those who have sinned against me. And God can do the same thing in your life. Joseph learned through all these things that happened in his past that God is still God and God's got a plan. Joseph ended up, long story short, he ended up really kind of being secretary of agriculture in Egypt because while Joseph was in prison, falsely accused of attempted rape of Potiphar's wife and he was serving time, as Joseph was in prison, he interpreted dreams of other prisoners while he was doing time. Well, the king over Egypt, Pharaoh, had some dreams that God had revealed some things through those dreams, but Pharaoh didn't understand what the dreams meant. And so he began to ask, is there anybody in the land who can interpret dreams? And somebody, that's when the butler who had served some time with Joseph remembered, oh, now I remember there's a guy back there in your prison in the dungeon. His name's Joseph. He interpreted my dreams. He can interpret your dreams. And so the king sent for Joseph and Joseph came and interpreted the king's dreams and told the king, uh, there's going to be a time of, of famine coming. And so you need to prepare for that by storing up grain. And the king listened to Joseph, put Joseph in authority over that whole uh, agricultural situation to store up grain in the coming years to be ready for the drought. And uh, of course, Joseph did that. The drought came and Egypt was the only place that had food because of the dream that God gave Pharaoh and the interpretation that God gave Joseph. Egypt had the food. And so when the famine came, Joseph's family ended up coming to Egypt in search for food, and they ended up before Joseph, asking Joseph, since he was in charge of the grain supply in Egypt, please give us food to eat. 
And finally, through that whole thing, and it's, it's such, such an amazing story. Again, go to Genesis 37 through chapter 50 and read about it in more detail. But Joseph ends up revealing himself to his family. First thing his brothers think, oh, he's going to get revenge because of everything we did against him. And Joseph uttered those famous words. He said, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. God had a plan. You sinned against me, yes, but I've forgiven you. Joseph chose to forgive his brothers. Now, Joseph's daddy and his brother's daddy died. Jacob passed away. Now, as soon as Jacob passed away, those brothers were really afraid because now they figured, well, now that daddy's gone, Joseph certainly is going to come after us in vengeance. He's certainly going to seek revenge now. But let me read to you Genesis chapter 50, beginning in verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And when they told, when Joseph's brother said that, the Bible says that Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. You know, Joseph had already told his brothers, I forgive you. I forgive you of everything you've done against me. You're forgiven. But the brothers didn't really believe the word of God through Joseph. And so when Jacob died, immediately they're afraid because they're thinking he's not really forgiven us. Even though Joseph said he's forgiven us, we really don't believe that it's true. Now, here's the first thing that you've got to do. Believe the word. Believe the word of God. Believe what God says to you. Joseph's brothers, they were afraid because they really didn't believe what Joseph had already promised. And it's recorded in Genesis chapter 45 that he would he forgave them and he would take care of them. Will you believe what God says about you? No matter what you've been through, what you're going through, will you just simply make a commitment right now? I'm going to begin to believe what God says about me. In Ephesians chapter 1, God says, if you've come to faith in Christ, God says this about you. In Ephesians chapter 1, God calls you a saint. God says that you're in Christ. God says he's chosen you. He's adopted you. He's accepted you. He's redeemed you. He's forgiven you. He sealed you. All that's right there in Ephesians chapter 1. That's what God says. Are you going to make a commitment today to begin to believe the word of God, the truth of God? I mean, just think about how you see yourself. Does your past affect how you see yourself today? I mean, you may feel like your past is inescapable. You may feel like your past is so bad that nobody could ever forgive you. You may feel like your past has to continually uh, be what determines your future. It does not. You can put the past in the past. You can give it to God, allow God to heal you and transform those things that have happened to you. And so Joseph's brothers failed to believe the word of God. Will you believe the word of God? 
Don't identify yourself with your past. Identify yourself according to who God says you are, according to Ephesians chapter 1. And then you've got to understand grace. In Genesis 50, verse 15, Joseph's brothers were afraid that Joseph was going to pay them back for all the wrong that they had done against him. Listen, God's not looking for payback. God doesn't want to pay you back for all the wrongs that you've done. God wants to bless you. God offers to you grace. Grace is undeserved. You're not going to get what you deserve. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you don't get what you deserve. You get grace. You get forgiveness. You get another chance. Nobody's worthy of God's forgiveness and God's love. And I'll tell you something else you need to do. Not only do you need to believe what God says is true, not only do you need to understand grace, but you need to forgive yourself. And maybe this is the hardest thing for some people to do, but in Genesis 50, verses 17 and 18, we see Joseph's Joseph's brothers and they're begging for forgiveness. Even though Joseph had already forgiven them, that's recorded back in Genesis chapter 45, they had not forgiven themselves. How about you? Have you forgiven yourself for all your failures, all your mistakes, all your foolish decisions and choices in the past? I mean, what is it that you struggle with in forgiving yourself? And then lastly, I believe you've got to understand God's big enough to transform your past. God's big enough to take the pain of the past, the traumatic things that have happened to you in your past, even your failures, your agony and your defeat, and God is able to transform those things in the context of grace and redemption and cause them to be something useful that he can use in your life. Yes, he can bring beauty from ashes. One of the greatest verses in all the Bible is Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where Joseph says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is today to save many people alive. God's able to do it. The God of Joseph, the God of Israel, the God of Jacob is your God. He's a God who's able to take those bad things, your past, and transform them. God's able to bring good out of all your junk. God's able to take the mess of your life, and God's able to construct a masterpiece if you let him. I thank God that God's done such a work in my life. I thank God that God has taken the failures of the past and the sin of my past and transform those. And so they're tools in the hands of the Holy Spirit today that God uses to help other people that are struggling. Your past does not have to define who you are today. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Make sure in your heart you're hiding away what God says is true about you. You've got to begin by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust him as your savior if if you've not already done that. And then you need to choose to see yourself the way that God sees you. That goes back to believing what God says is so in Ephesians chapter one. That's a good place for you to go and to look about who God says that you are now. And then every time you've got a a condemning reminder of your past, put grace beside it. G-R-A-C-E, God's redemption at Christ's expense. You put grace beside it. In Psalm 103 and verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
So every time the enemy wants to bring up your past, you put grace beside it. And then you need to renew your mind with what God says. Get in the word and get the word in you. Choose to forgive the way that God's forgiven you. I love Colossians chapter three and verse 13 that tells us that just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Forgive those who have sinned against you. Make that commitment right now. I'm gonna begin to let go of it. I'm gonna begin to forgive and then look straight ahead. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Don't look in the past. Your future's not behind you. Your future is ahead. Philippians chapter three. Verse 13, I'll read it again as we close. Paul says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, when you're driving in an automobile, there's a reason why your windshield is so much larger than your rear view mirror. Spend your time looking ahead, my friend, not looking behind you. Now, I want to pray with you this morning. I know that we've all been sinned against. I know we all have a past. I know we all got pain in the past that needs healing. I'm just telling you today, God's able to do it. Would you look to him? Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for being a God who gives us a fresh beginning a God who's able to step into our mess and who's able to take the broken pieces and make a wonderful masterpiece that you can use for your honor and for your glory. You're able to take the traumatic things that have happened to us in the past, our sinful choices and decisions. You're even able to take those and transform them now as we come to faith in Christ Jesus. Transform those things that they can be useful in your hands that we might be your ministers. And so, Lord God, use us. Help us, Lord, to yield to you in your power as you work a work only you can do. I thank you for being a God who strengthens us, empowers us, instructs us, leads us, Lord, into the future. And I'm praying for somebody right now for healing. I'm praying for encouragement. I'm praying, Lord God, you'll help us to spend our time looking straight ahead. Our future's in front of us, Lord, not behind us. And we give you thanks and praise. We know our future's bright because our future is filled with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Be blessed, be an encouragement to those around you. Again, reach out to me. Let me know if you're blessed by this podcast and help us get the word out. Share it with those around you that need the truth of the word of God, who need healing, who need deliverance. God's able to do it. Until next time, continue walking on this road to recovery. Keep your focus on the Lord. He's got a bright future for you.